With the 14th pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Boston Celtics select Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Vincent Poirier, Javante Green, Robert Williams III, Jimmy Ogilvy, right, Brad Wanamaker, Daniel Tice, Dennis Cantor, Taco Fall, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, from the University of Connecticut. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters, uh, here with another episode with just me and Sam. And my opening question today for you, Sam, is what is your favorite brand? And when I say that, I mean like Nike, Adidas, like sports brands. Adidas, really, like for shoes and everything? Yeah. Yeah. I always wear Adidas shoes usually to play basketball. Interesting. It's kind of like that. It's different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to say I do wear mostly Kyrie's, which is, I mean, you can call me a trader, but they're just really comfortable. It's terrible. I know. They're just so comfy, though. They're just like, they're really nice to hoop in. I will say, though, I, me. I do like Champion a lot. Like, I have so many Champion sweatshirts. Champion's just so comfy, the brand. Uh, they, I don't, they don't really make have sh- anything from them. I have socks from Champion, and I have lots of sweatshirts from Champion. It's just. New Balance makes know. some fire stuff, too. I like New yeah. Balance. I have a pair of New Balance shoes that are like Celtic shoes. And like they oh, have really? little shamrocks on the back, and they have uh, parquet as the soles, and they also have um, they have Red's signature on the the uh, tongue. What the hell? That's kind of fire. When did you get those? Last year. Damn, New Balance is really stepping their game up ever since they signed Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, no, this was even before then. I think. Really. Yeah, they're huh. just partnered with the Celtics. Interesting. Maybe they just needed the recognition that came from signing a major athlete. Maybe. Yeah, I believe you, though. Some of their shirts are sick, too. The thing they're doing with Kawhi, like Boardman gets paid and all that stuff. It's uh, kind of kind of solid. Solid branding. And Kawhi's the perfect athlete to rep them, too, because they're kind of like a under-the-radar brand. He's just super quiet. It was a match made in heaven, really. But, Anyways... Uh, moving yeah, on to action. I, I really like New Balance. Yeah, New Balance is solid. Chewing there, but I'm, I'm done eating. We're good. <laughs> moving on to actual basketball. Uh, I think two games have been played since we last spoke. Uh, Orlando uh, versus the Celtics, and then they played Memphis. I personally uh, casually watched the Memphis game. I was slacking, and I know you were working. So, uh, yeah, I unfortunately had to as well, but I, I was listening the whole time. Yeah, and I, I didn't not watch it. I just wasn't paying as close detail as they normally would but the Orlando game was okay I personally didn't think the Celtics played great against Orlando I don't know about you what do you think so here's the thing about that game right they they didn't play that great because they were down five with 30 seconds to go against a team that didn't have probably two of its three best players yeah four actually three of its four best players and you know they they almost lost what what is you can take positive from the Orlando game is the way they were able to execute down the stretch. Tatum played well, got them yep. to overtime and overtime they didn't mess around. So it, it's good to see them playing well in tense situations like that, because when the playoffs come, they're going to have to be able to perform in situations like that to be successful. Yeah, I agree. I think obviously Gordon Hayward had a really good game. I thought he played amazing. 
Um, but Gordon Hayward's think- been really great ever since yeah. they came back. And, you know, it's really inconvenient that, you know, Robin has to have the baby. I know, dude. Like, come on. Can't you just reschedule it? Like, put it back in. I don't know. <laughs> that sounded weird. I take it back. Put it back in. It back. No, um, just get a C-section, like, now he can go see it. Freaking come back by the time the playoffs start. Yeah, we're not being selfish at all. <laughs> oh man, no, I th- no, I th- but but having a baby is like the mm-hmm. best reason to miss. Time. Yeah, you can't really blame them. Can't really blame them at all. I do agree with you though that um, we did execute down the stretch. I think pretty well. I just think the energy throughout the whole rest of the game wasn't there, and I think it just kind of rings true what you always say that the Celtics play to the level of their competition just like against Miami when Jimmy Dude, it's Butler, true I'm telling you like yeah. they do not come to play unless it's a big game exactly you saw it you saw it against Miami you saw it against Orlando it's it's not I don't even know if it's good that they're playing they're probably going to play Philly in the first round because uh you know Philly's beaten up Hurt. right now they're yeah. not doing very well yeah, like I don't know, how man. how are they going? I mean, maybe because it's playoffs, they'll bring out the intensity. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. I do hope so as well. Because I mean, yesterday Philly played um, Phoenix, right? And yeah, they, they were missing. Lost. They, they yeah, sat uh, all of their starters. Yeah, I think they sat everybody. Though, Richardson, but. Horford, Harris, Embiid, and Simmons all were out. So, is that is that a? Uh, a dig on the Celtics? Is that them saying that they, they want to play the Celtics? I don't know, man. I th- I just think I don't that... Think I would want to play the Celtics. But like, I wouldn't either. Right. Especially if I was Philly without Simmons. Because here's my thing. This kind of moves me into the next topic I had written down. It's, it's Does anyone on Philly, Indiana, or Miami scare you? And so I guess you can say this. But before we even get into that specific thing, my question is, who on Philly is going to guard any of the Celtics? Like, you have Matisse Tybel, right? And he can account for either Brown, Hayward, Tatum, or Kemba. But then you don't have Ben Simmons to guard Tatum or Brown or Kemba or any of them. So who's guarding them besides Matisse Thybul, who, don't get me wrong, is an amazing defender. Well, Josh player. Richardson's a good defender Okay, as well. yeah. Josh, too. But he's hurt this game, so we don't know if he's going to be at full strength. Maybe he was resting, but I, I don't know. Maybe he – I think he was actually the one player that was actually resting, and the other four had, like, soreness or injuries. So I guess you're right. So that's two. But then who accounts for their – say Tybal guards Tatum and Richardson guards Kemba, right? Who guards Hayward and Jalen? I mean, that's – I've been saying this for, like, a long time. Like, yeah. that's the thing about the Celtics. Like, they have four guys that can be the number one, especially yeah. the way this bubble has gone. Gordon Hayward certainly has proven that he can be the one. Uh-huh. Maybe maybe before the break, you think, okay, you know, he's more of a secondary player. But, like, he's been really great. His shot has been great. Mm-hmm. He can be that number one guy. Kemba can be that number one guy. Jalen Brown can be that number one guy. And Tatum usually is the number one guy. So those guys are all capable of making a massive impact in a playoff series. That, that's, I'm sticking to it. That's why the Celtics might be one of the most dangerous teams because yeah. of that. They are constantly going to be shifting in how they play. And if they, I think if they master the ability to find the hot hand and play through that guy, then they're going to benefit greatly from that. 
A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. My point was just that Ben Simmons is, I would argue, maybe aside from Marcus Smart, because I'm a homer, the best perimeter defender in the NBA, especially with his height and quickness. So losing him kills Philly in a matchup against the Celtics, who are super strong at the wing and guard position, uh, scoring the ball. But uh, that brings me back around to my question. Does anybody on those teams scare you or who scares you the most out of any player on those three teams? Well, obviously, Embiid's a superstar. Yeah, of course. Of course. He's, he's been playing really well in the bubble. He's had to pick up the slack for Simmons, who has been now hurt but wasn't playing that great beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on, the Pacers, obviously, TJ Warren's been unreal. I honestly would want to stay away from them. Bubble Jesus. Yeah, and then uh, Miami's the best out of those three teams. So I agree. Stay away from them, too. And they, they aren't even going to see Miami anymore, I don't think. After Philly loss, I don't think it's possible. Really? No, yeah, I think you're right, because I think, I think the Pacers would just be ahead of them. Or below and them. I've heard people, Scal and I believe Kendrick Perkins, both said that they want to see Milwaukee play Miami in the second round. And Miami yeah. has had Milwaukee's number all season. So that's another huge. thing that could be really great for the Celtics. And the Celtics are a team that's really had Miami's number, other than uh, last week when they played down to their competition. But yes. before the bubble or before the break, they beat them twice. And yeah. I'm pretty sure they were both in rather convincing fashion. Yeah, they were I don't know both. if they were complete blowouts, but they were games that, you know, the Celtics had control of. 100%. I think Miami, even though the Celtics have beaten up on them this season, scare me is not the right word because they don't necessarily scare I mean, they're still me. dangerous, of course. Exactly, yeah. And the thing that I guess I, I'll just use the word scares me most about Miami is not Butler or Adebayo necessarily. It's Duncan Robinson and Kelly Olynyk because they are just – they're sharpshooters. Like they, they have shooters upon shooters upon shooters. Like if Duncan Robinson's not hitting one, Kelly Olynyk will. And if he's not, then Tyler Hero will hit one in your face. And if he – you know what I'm saying? Like they just have – Yeah, guys. I mean they're a pretty deep team, which is once again – I mean – as it's shaping up now, they're not going to see them until the conference finals if they see them at all. So, yeah. And at that point, that is the team you want to see in the conference exactly. finals. Exactly, correct. Over Milwaukee. But so That was just more uh, a compliment to how unconscious Duncan Robinson is because that man is, I would argue, the best shooter in the NBA right now since Clay and Curry are out. But that's a topic for our Sunday podcast where we're uh, going to be talking NBA. Yeah. League-wide. League-wide, yeah. Uh, mentioned that to you guys. We're starting a – we're going to try to start a weekly episode where we talk about the league in general rather than just the Celtics. Not because we don't love the Celtics, because we obviously do, but try to expand the horizons a little bit, you know. Try to expand it. Anyways, uh, TJ Warren, Bubble Jesus, obviously averaging like 35 points up until Jimmy Butler clamped him. So I, as a Celtics fan, would also like to avoid them. And I do think Philly is the best first-round matchup for Boston because I think Evan said it really well the other day when he said that if we can beat up on Philly and ride that momentum into the second round of taking down Embiid, I think that'd be huge, especially when we're going to go up against a Raptors team, uh, probably, who just beat up on a bunch of bench warmers and is going to have a bunch of rest days not to, like, being warm. You know what I'm saying? Celtics might beat up on Philly. I mean – I, I think really so too. think the Celtics have been great over this last week. Ever yeah. since they lost to Miami, they've been a whole new team. 
Yeah, I, I think the Celtics will be great. I think the only potential issue, like you said, Joel Embiid's a superstar, but Tice has done an, a decent job of defending him this season. I think it's going to be more like a Giannis treatment where it's defense by committee because he is so huge. But then again, I think the barrage of wings the Celtics have is going to be too much for the Sixers to defend anyways. So I feel like even though we won't be able to stop Embiid, if we can just slow him down enough to where he's ineffective, it'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's it's going to be tough for Embiid because he's going to be the – I mean, Tobias Harris and uh, Al Horford, I don't know how he's going to perform for Philly, but for us, he was always uh, – Really great in the playoffs. So he could make an impact. So could Tobias Harris. But Embiid is probably going to have to be the guy. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Have, so it might be a little bit tougher because defenses can focus on him. Mm-hmm. And Philly has like, been sliding. They've been really yeah. bad. So. Yeah. We'll see. No, they've, I feel like they just don't handle pressure well at all. But. Yeah. I just really don't want the Celtics to get stomped by them. That, like, I don't want it to be like what happened uh, two years ago, and it was the opposite, where the Celtics were hurt and Philly was playing good, and then they got stomped. So, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I I think the Celtics are in a better spot than Philly was, by far. Yes. Philly was I, carried by two young players, and the Celtics have Kemba and Hayward, who are veterans, uh, Tatum and Brown, who are young, Smart, who's somewhat of a veteran, great leader. And, um, you know, they, they're definitely set up to play. Yeah, I think so, too. I think just the whole oh, – what's the word for it? The way the Celtics roster is built, I think, matches up really well with Philly, especially with Simmons out. So I think, I think the Celtics will be fine. I'm not too, too worried at all. But anyways, moving on, as we're talking about playoffs – my question for you, my next one. Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward obviously have yet to play. Well, I guess Hayward has last year. But Kemba Walker has yet to play with the Celtics team in the playoffs yet. How well do you think he'll play? Do you think he'll continue to kind of take this secondary role to Tatum and do whatever he needs? Or do you think we're going to see big-time Kemba step up? And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying he needs to keep being second option. But do you think we're going to see a few Kemba games where he goes, like, yeah, I'm still here. I'm still this Kemba Walker, even though Jason Tatum's God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Do you think we'll see that Kemba come back in the playoffs? Um, just when he needs to. I mean, that's what I've been saying. Like, I think they've got to just learn how to be that team that is able to be fluid in the way they play. Yeah. I think flexibility is definitely key with this team. But I, I, I feel like we're also going to see a few games where Kemba does, you know, come back and be this main scorer. Because as much as we love Tatum and have seen him blossom into this basically league-wide league known superstar this season, the last time we saw him perform super well in the playoffs was 2018. Because if we're being honest, last year he didn't play that well, especially against the Bucs. Um, right. So I think if he does have a game or two where he struggles, I think Kemba's going to drop 30. Like, I'm just feeling a huge game because he's never really been in a competitive playoff series. He's been in the playoffs with the Charlotte Hornets, who are basically the equivalent of the Knicks. So I don't I don't think that means anything. So that I feel like this is going to be his first meaningful year in the playoffs ever, which is kind of sad, but it's also awesome for him. So I think we're going to see a really big um, 
performance from Kemba in the playoffs. I, I just, I'm really sticking to it. Like, I just think it's going to be, it could be a different guy every night. And that's honestly, if the Celtics are going to be successful in the playoffs, that's what I want to see. Yeah. I don't want it. I mean, you know, Tatum is capable. You know, Kemba is capable. Jalen Brown has showed out in the playoffs years before. So is Gordon Hayward. Like, it's all there for them to, oh my God, that guy got so lucky. What happened? Sorry. <laughs> no, what I'm happened? Playing, I'm playing poker on my Xbox and this guy flopped to full house after going all in pre-flop. Ooh, that's with tough. Like, with like not even good cards. That's tough. Damn. Anyways, continue, continue. So the Celtics are widely, like they just have so many weapons to be uh, dangerous in this playoffs. And I keep saying it, but like, Think about it. They've got four guys that can tear up a team. Yeah. Yeah. And you're finally seeing it come into uh, – it's coming into form. Like, you're seeing it form in front of your face in this bubble. Yeah. I mean, the Celtics have really come into their own. At the beginning of the bubble, I was a little – I don't want to say worried, but the Celtics were struggling a little bit, I think. Especially, they, they played okay against the Bucks, obviously, outside of Tatum. But there have been a couple games where I've been like, eh, is the energy there? Like, And then, like I keep saying this, the moment where it changed, shifted, where is when Robert Williams and Romeo Langford checked in against the Nets. And then the energy levels have just been super, super high, and we've been flying. And especially against the Raptors, that game was perfect. That's exactly what we need to do to win the playoffs. But then against Orlando, I kind of felt the energy dip again. And it really worries me because I, I, I'm always going to bring it's, it back to this. It's just playing down to the level, though. Exactly. I was just going to say that. It's always that. But that just constantly is, I think, the, not the issue because I don't think the Celtics really have a problem. I just think they need to get out of that mindset. They just need to beat up on every single opponent they face. And then I will is, be is that worried. Is that something that was going to happen in the playoffs, though? I, I don't know. I don't think they're going to have a situation where they have the opportunity to play down to a team. If I anything, think, they're going to be playing up. I think Philly. I think Philly. But even that's, if it that's is why Philly, it worries me. you got to think of it like this, right? They're going to have to play down to Philly four times if they're going to lose. I don't think yeah. they're going to play down Philly okay. four times. Okay. I, I, I see your point there. Do you think Philly takes any games from the Celtics? They could, for sure. I don't know. I mean, maybe two. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Philly, Philly drives off that home crowd. They don't have it. We've seen in the bubble they've been really bad. Yeah, Philly just scares me. What, especially what's the record in the bubble? Can you pull it up? Do you know? Yeah, I can pull it up right now. I think off the top of my head, there's something like three and three or four and three, maybe. They're three and three. Yeah, they're three, three and three. three. Yeah, so like five and two. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I they don't have Ben Simmons. Like I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. I I still think Ben Simmons is a weak point for them. So then them them not having him is kind of works in their favor at least yeah. a little bit yeah i mean as, then, as much as it hurts them it might help them at least half as much as it hurts them yeah i would say it helps their offense maybe a little and hurts their defense but philly does also play toronto tonight and then houston on friday so they have two tough games coming up so they could potentially finish the bubble five three and five or I that game tonight is just one to watch then you know yeah. depending on who they're going to play i don't know if they're going to play anybody i don't know if toronto's going to play anybody but that's one to watch to see if, all right, you know, are they going to be able to bring it? I, I think the Celtics might be better than Toronto right now, flat out, just just because of, like, they've just been unreal. 
aside from, you know, the, the Orlando game, even in the Orlando game, there was positives. The Miami game is really bad. And against Milwaukee, I thought they were solid except for Tatum. So, yeah, I mean, they, they are playing at a high level. Yeah, Toronto is 5-1 and one in the bubble, though, I will say. So they're yeah. good. But their one loss, obviously, is to the Celtics, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they're bad, but, like, I'm just saying that I'm, it's more of the Celtics being really good than the Raptors being bad. I agree. I agree. I will say out of – now, hear me out here. I think out of every team in the East, the Raptors match up the best defensively with the Celtics. Like, I think they have the most pieces to defend the Celtics lineup. Yeah, and that's who, fair. Including they have Milwaukee. a lot of good defensive players. Including Milwaukee. Like, I think just – their bench is the deepest in the NBA. I think OG Ananobi, Kyle Lowry, Siakam, obviously, Norm Powell. Like, just the defensive prowess of that Raptors team is just perfectly matched up to the offensive attack that the Celtics have with Tatum, Brown, Hayward, and Walker. And I'm not tell you that right now, if the Celtics get the Raptors in the second round, the Raptors are going to come out with the chip on their shoulder because oh, yeah. of that game last week. Oh, yeah. They're going to come to play. So the Celtics have to be ready for that. I mean, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves here because they still have to make it that far, but it's something to look for. Yeah. Hey, you never know. You never know. Maybe Tyler Johnson and Jamal Crawford can take them down. So (laughs) maybe. Oh, man. I think, I think Tyler Johnson's really, like, I don't think he's really good, but I think he's, like, solid. Like, I think he should be on a team before, you know, getting picked up by Brooklyn. Yeah, no, he's played solid. I think he, um, he's playing well for them, shooting the ball fine. I think he's deserves to be on a roster. He just had a really big contract at one point, so I think he wasn't uh, getting picked up or looked at by many teams. But anyways, moving on, uh, I asked you about how Kemba Walker was going to play. We talked about that. Now, my next thing that I wanted to move on to was we're talking a lot about the playoffs, right? And in past weeks, we've talked a lot about playoff rotations and how it's going to work. We even talked about that with uh, Evan Singleton on Sunday. So – We've seen a little bit more of Lankford and a lot a bit more of Robert Williams in the rotations. Now, the Robert Williams addition to the like regular rotation is kind of stuck, and we've seen Romeo sort of fade out a little bit over the past couple games. Do you think Romeo is going to get a playoff rotation spot consistently? And do you the same question for Robert Williams. Is the, that's what I'm going to ask. I think Robert Williams is more likely to get it than Romeo, but then again, when Hayward has to go away from the bubble, you're going to see um, you're going to see that as well. You're going to yeah. see Romeo have to probably fill that role at least a little bit. He's going to see more time. Um, that's another thing. Like Hayward could be gone in the Toronto series, which mm-hmm. is a problem. But Robert Williams for sure has earned his time. Like without a doubt, he's been really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think Langford's in solid too, but Robert Williams has just been a different monster. Like, I think he's literally exactly what the Celtics have been missing from a big man. And, like, as good as Cantor and Tice are, neither of them are a real pick-and-roll threat, in my opinion. Like, a lob threat, at least. And I think right. Robert Williams is exactly that. He's just been – him and Smart in the pick-and-roll has been the most beautiful thing I've seen in the bubble. <laughs> like, specifically Smart, with Smart. Smart is a really, really great playmaker. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. I think him and Robert Williams running the pick and roll has been nasty. Robert Williams has been nice, kind of like sitting on the wing, or not the wing, but in the corner-ish, like the mid-range in the corner, 
and then rolling into the basket when the ball handler drives. He just knows when to drive to the basket, and that's all the Celtics need him to do. We don't need post moves, even though he did show a little bit like he can make his mid-range shots in a post move. But we just need Robert Williams to cut to the rim and catch lobs, and he's been doing that really well. So I'm happy with his performance so far. Yeah, he's he's, been nothing short of like what you would expect. He's been uh, excellent off the bench, and he absolutely deserves a spot. He's been bringing energy. He's playing good defense. He seems like he's in the right spots. He's not a liability. And Cantor, it's it's not even that Cantor's playing bad per se. He's just like, you know, he's just him. Like, that's what you're going to get from Cantor. But Williams brings a different kind of element. I think it's kind of like what Evan said on Sunday about Jalen Brown, how like, like, you know what you're going to get from much of these, from Tatum. Like, you already know what Tatum's going to be, but you, we still don't know what Jalen Brown's final form is going to be. It's like that. Like, everyone already know what Cant- knows what Cantor is. Like, you know he's going to get the offensive rebounds. You know he's going to be this enforcer-type guy. You know exactly what type of player he is. No one knows what the final form of Robert Williams is. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he could evolve into anything, and I think that's great. Something else I noticed, I know you had the game on your – or you were listening to it. Robert Williams is – could turn into a nice playmaker for a big man. Like, he made a really nice pass against Memphis, and if he can develop that part of his game, I think that'd be huge. For I think it's really him. important to uh, be able to pass out of, you know, the low block, you hit cutters, find shooters, when, yeah. you know, you get collapsed on it. It's important. So, yeah, that's absolutely important for him. And I, I've been saying it for a long time, and I think we're starting to see it. Like, Robert Williams has the potential to become a superstar overnight because of his skill set. He's a defensive athletic guy. That's what you see Clint Capella, um, DeAndre Jordan, guys like that, Hassan Whiteside that became stars like nothing, like super fast Uh out of nowhere. I mean, it's right there. It's right in front of your face, and it's starting to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think he could turn into like a – it's hard to think of an exact comparison – because, like, I wanted to say, like, Steven Adams or Clint Capella. But I think he's slightly more athletic than those two guys and probably not as good of a rebounder yet. But it's hard to find an exact comparison to him. But I think he could turn into just a pick-and-roll guy that is decent at getting rebounds and then just great at getting blocks. Like, he can just get up there and block the ball with the best of them because he has that athleticism. The only thing that worries me with that potential, like, growth as a player is his height because he's he is only six eight six nine for a center which is i mean but teams are transitioning to small ball so it's probably not gonna be as much much of an issue but yeah no. and um what do you have three blocks yesterday at least i'll go look what you talk about i'll go check the blocks he, he's been i don't know he's just been so consistent like he hasn't really made a lot of mistakes yeah and that was the biggest knock on him. He was always making defensive mistakes. He was, he was slow. Scout keeps saying it looks like the game is slowing down for him. Yeah, he did have three blocks. You're right. Solid. Solid play, man. I don't know. He just – he proved me wrong because, like I said, I tweeted before the, the Nets game, like I don't know why everyone thinks Robert Williams should be getting minutes over Cantor. And then he came out and got minutes over Cantor and just dominated. So I'm glad he proved me wrong. I'll put it that way. This, this is what people thought you were going to get when you drafted him. This was the project that everyone was looking to get. He's starting to come into his own as a rim protector, as a guy that's going to bring you energy. Yeah. That's going to be huge for the Celtics come playoff time. 
do you think, uh, looking forward a little bit into the future past the playoffs and like into future years, do you think Robert Williams could be the starter on this team, or do you think he'll always be a bench guy? He could be, but like, it's just kind of tough. I, I would want him to shoot more if he's going to start. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know. It, it just depends. Um, he has potential to be fine as a starter. It, it's just a matter of if he can shoot. I think you're right because the way the game is evolving, it does seem like that's going to be more and more important. So, but yeah, I, I feel like he could be okay, especially because he does have that innate ability to run the pick and roll. That's just it's just looked so so good for him in the bubble, especially like I said with Marcus Smart running it. So, I think even past when Kemba and Gordon may not be on the team anymore because they are obviously on a different timeline than most of the Celtics roster because they're older. I think Robert Williams ideally would still be here and getting solid minutes with um, Tatum and Brown, but it's all about having a playmaker to run plays for him. And I think Smart does that well as of now. But um, I mentioned Lankford too. And you said that when Hayward goes out, obviously because his wife is having a kid, um, so he needs kind of needs to be there for that moment. Do you think Langford is going to get more scoring touches, or do you think that the Hayward scoring touches will kind of just disperse among Kemba, Brown, and Tatum, and then Langford will kind of just play this defensive extra wing role in the playoffs? Uh, I think the the touches are going to disperse for sure. Um, tomorrow, the Celtics have the Wizards at noon. You're yeah. probably going to sit a lot of their starters. You're going mm-hmm. to get to see maybe a lot of Romeo, maybe a lot of Robert Williams. See, all right, you know, what are they going to bring during the playoffs? You know, is Brad going to want him to do this? I mean, honestly, the way Brad rolls, if if you look back, like anytime someone's hurt, he kind of keeps the rotation the same for the most part, but like just sticks somebody that's not usually in the rotation into that starting spot. So you could see yeah. Romeo start in the playoffs. I don't really. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's kind of weird how he does that. Yeah, like I remember Shane Larkin was starting games before <laughs> instead of Marcus, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, or Terry Rozier. Like he wanted to keep Rozier in that bench role. Yeah, I, I mean it's definitely weird how Brad chooses to do that. I'm not saying it doesn't work because Brad Stevens is a great coach and it usually does kind of work out in favor of the Celtics. I don't know if starting Romeo would be the best option. I think I might rather in a playoff series bump Smart up into that lineup and then just bump like Brown to the small forward. You know what I'm saying? But I yeah, think Romeo, I, I don't have a problem with that. Romeo would definitely. I think Marcus would be a good start. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's what I think is going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to try and put Romeo in the starting lineup. Because you got to think, like, he plays a similar similar role to Hayward. Yeah. I mean, they are similar players. I think Hayward's obviously – well, I mean, Hayward's obviously better. But if you look at it from just, like, what they're good at, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Not, yeah. I think the Hayward playmaking is something that Romeo, I don't think, is going to be able to match as much. I don't think Romeo is that much of a – good playmaker like I think he has the potential to be but I don't think he's there yet where he can be making plays at the level Hayward is obviously he's not in the position to do anything at the level Hayward is because Hayward's a former all-star and everything and Romeo's a rookie but I think he can shoot the ball and make his shots I think he can drive to the lane I think he can defend 
maybe even at the level Hayward is because Romeo's a great defender. But I think the one thing that the Celtics are going to be severely missing when Hayward is out for a few games is that playmaking. So I think the biggest thing is where is that playmaking going to come from in those games? You could see Marcus. I, I honestly think Marcus is the best playmaker on the team. I really do. He's got really great vision. Well, maybe Toronto Waters. But, like, in terms of guys in the rotation, I feel like Marcus is always making really great passes. Yeah, I think I think Smart's the best playmaker on this team. I know you've said it before. I, I think the Celtics, I'm pretty sure we're one of the worst teams with assists because we don't pass the ball too much. Or Not I recently. In the bubble. Not recently. At the These start of the bubble. Four games. I believe yeah. it's been um you know, it's been twenty nine about per game. Yeah. At the start of the bubble though, the Celtics were struggling a lot to get assists and pass the ball. But I think Smart's the best playmaker on the team, and then it's Hayward, but Hayward gets more playing time usually. So, like, it's just a matter of finding that playmaking elsewhere because I think if the Celtics get caught up in too much iso ball, kind of like what we saw against the Heat uh, in the bubble, I think that's what kills us a lot of the time. I think ball movement – I'm pretty sure Brad Stevens uh, put out a quote about it the other day too. I think ball movement is the key to winning with the Celtics team because, like you say, we have so many pieces. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, what did he say? Uh, The ball – flying around, zipping around, something like that. He said something like that, and they keep saying on the broadcast, when, when the ball is moving around like that, studs are at their best. Like, I, it's just they have so many different players that can make an impact, and they're doing a great job at making sure everyone gets the opportunity to do that. And they, I think it's working towards that final goal of, you know, finding the hot hand for the day, and that's who you play through. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is just a matter of finding that hot hand. And I think if they all have a, lot, a hot hand, I think it'll be even better for um, for the Celtics, obviously. But then it's a matter of those players recognizing. And I'm not saying they haven't done a good job at this. I'm just, like, pointing it out. I think they have to do a good job at recognizing who has the hot hand quickly and then realizing, okay, it's not my game to get the shots. Let's get it to this guy. And I think that's why they struggled against Orlando for a little bit. Because I think for a large part of like the first couple quarters, they failed to see that Hayward was hot and Hayward didn't get as much touches. And then as it got to like the third quarter, Tatum finally heated up and then Hayward and Tatum were getting involved. Did you see that at all? Or am I imagining things? Was this the Orlando game? Yeah, yeah. And Hayward was hot throughout the game. No? He was was like like 17 before the half. Tatum was the one that he had 27 or 22 yeah. in like the second half in overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My point was just that like Hayward obviously got a bunch of shots, but I think maybe he even should have gotten more because everyone else was so cold. Like Kemba wasn't having a great game. Tatum before halftime, or even before the fourth quarter, wasn't having a great game. Brown wasn't playing amazing. I think the shots should have all gone to Hayward. And there were like, even like, half the possessions or maybe a third were going to Hayward instead of, I'd like to see him get the Tatum treatment for a quarter where Tatum just is, has the ball every time he's up the floor playmaking and shooting. And I think if they had given that to Hayward in the first couple quarters, that Orlando game wouldn't have been close. That's fair. Um, 
but no, that Tatum did get hot at the end, so the Orlando game wasn't the end of the world. So I think it was okay. But um, but I just think the Celtics need to do what they have been doing. Like against Toronto, everyone was like, no one was necessarily like super super hot. I I don't think, unless I'm completely misremembering the game. Uh, let me go look real quick so I don't sound like an idiot. Like no one was like on fire. Like Brown had a really good game. Like Brown had 20, but no one had more than 20 points in that game against Toronto. I, everything just clicked though. Like everyone was playing solid and that's why the Celtics won the game. So I think if they can do that more often than not and move the ball around and find the next person, then that's what it's going to take to win. I, I think we're just kind of repeating ourselves at this point, beating a dead horse, but yeah. Yeah, like, but it is what makes them one of the most scary teams in, in the league right now because they can't hit you from every direction. Yeah, 100%. And I think the Raptors are sort of similar to that. You, they're not as versatile. Like, they don't have four guys who can be the number one option, but they do have a bunch of guys. Like, Kyle Lowry and Siakam, I think, have the potential to be the number one option, but it's they do have, like, a deep bench that can kill people. So I think the Celtics lack that, but the Celtics also have more potential first options than anyone else in the league. Well, the bench has been even better. Like, the bench has gotten better. Yeah. They had, yeah. what, 40 bench points yesterday? They've been more consistent scoring. They're getting there. I'm telling you, like, they're coming together. Like, this is the they're, – they're getting high at the right time. Yeah, I agree. I think this is the perfect time for the Celtics to start gelling and clicking – I mean, they are. Um, they, I think, they do have the best chemistry in the league because I think they do actually like each other, like as a team. Like Cantor said that they had the best chemistry in the league, and I know uh, a few people on Twitter have tweeted out like the Celtics team loves each other. I think that was Evan Singleton uh, who tweeted that, and I think that is super important because we see teams like Philly getting in fights, like Joel Embiid in the locker room, kind of getting mad. I know him and Shake Milton had beef a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week over an inbound play and you don't see Tatum and Walker yelling at each other on the sidelines because of a botch play. They just kind of say like, okay, we'll get them next time. Let's move on. And I think that's huge. I think that's way more important than people give credit for. Yeah. Cause everyone feels comfortable making their play. You don't have people worrying. Okay. If I mess up, am I going to get yelled at? Exactly. If I mess exactly. up. Am I going to stop getting the ball? If I mess up, I'm going to lose minutes. Like it's just, it's there. Like the Celtics, they know what they are. They're comfortable, and they're playing well. And I think that was a big issue last year with the Celtics. Everyone was, like, so high-tense, like, high-stress because of Kyrie and because of the issues in the locker room. And I think that really killed the Celtics in the playoffs. But this year, that should be fixed. But speaking of playoffs, uh, the one team we haven't really talked about is Milwaukee. So it's a broad question, but I just want to get your your – your thoughts on it. What's it going to take for the Celtics to get past Milwaukee? So hopefully by the time, if they get to Milwaukee, Gordon Hayward will be back. Um, so it, it's just more of the same, being able to hit from all cylinders, be able to hit from all angles, have, have Milwaukee not be able to have a, a solid game plan. They have to worry about Tatum, Walker, Brown, or Hayward cooking them, even Marcus. But, you know, obviously Marcus isn't going to be. Yeah. Too big of an issue offensively right. unless unless he gets hot. Because if he gets hot, it's over. But, um, but, yeah, I think 
slowing down Giannis to some degree is going to be huge. Giannis has been acting up in the bubble a little bit. I don't know. He seems angry to the normal, so I don't know what that's about. Sorry, right. he headbutted someone yesterday, right? Yeah, he headbutted Mo Wagner. I don't know why. It didn't even look like Mo did much, but hey, it is what it is, I suppose. Um, I don't know. Giannis has just looked weird in the bubble. Not not bad. Like obviously, he's still Giannis. He's still dominant, great player. He's just looked. I don't know. Like he's got a hot head for some reason. I don't really know why. But yeah, I mean, that's such a weird game to. Um, yeah, to get mad at. To, like, to get mad Wizards. at, like it's, it's Washington. It is what it is. He got thrown out. But not the end of the world, I suppose. Maybe they should suspend him. I hope so. I feel like they should. He headbutted the guy. He should get suspended for a game or two. Such a weird way. I mean, I didn't see it. I don't know if it was a really aggressive headbutt or not. Oh, it was. I'll send it to you right now. But yeah, continue. But I, I don't know. Why, why would you? Out of all ways, you can attack somebody. Why would you headbutt somebody? Yeah, I don't know, man. A headbutt hurts you more than it hurts the other person. What if you got a concussion? Like, how stupid do you have to be? Yeah, no. It was kind of like one of those things where, you know where you go to, like, face up with the guy, like, square up, and you put your forehead on his forehead? Oh, it was like that? And then he, what, he rear back and just hit him? Yeah, I just sent it to you. It, it was just very like weird. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't even think Mo did much. Like, on the other end, uh, Wagner. Oh, yeah, he just stepped right up and hit him. Literally. That's so weird. Wagner, like, boxed him out on the other end and made Giannis fall. But I, I don't know why Giannis fell. Maybe he was just in a weird position. It wasn't, like, a foul or anything. And then Wagner kind of looked back at him while he was running back on the other end. But I didn't think it was in, like, a malicious way. I think he was just kind of looking back to see, like, oh, why the hell did this dude fall? And then Giannis went, took the ball, went full force at Mo Wagner. And just, Wagner drew the charge, but like flew three feet in the air because Giannis is a tank, and then that happened. So, uh, so he's, he's just being an irritant. Yeah, it was just a weird series of events. I don't know. I don't know. It was definitely interesting to look at, but I thought it was weird. Someone else who popped up. I can't really wait to save this for the uh, NBA podcast. But Damian Lillard last night was ridiculous. He had sixty, right? Sixty plus. <laughs> yeah, sixty-one. And I know you're an Adidas guy, so I wanted to bring this up because you mentioned it earlier. Uh, Dame Lillard, uh, Dame Sixes are on sale for $61 on the Adidas website instead of $140 and $110. Are they so, really? Yeah, I feel like that's a steal. I might have to buy like a pair. I might have Adidas to buy a pair. A I'm looking at one. They, they have McDonald's shoes. That's a little weird, but some of them look fire. So I thought you'd find that interesting. Did you see the one shot he had where it bounced up, went all the way to Portland and back? No, I didn't watch Bro. the game, but I did hear about like him being unreal. It was insane. I'll send it to you right now if I can find it. Lillard bounce shot? I don't even know what to look for on Twitter. It, it just bounced 50 feet in the air, dropped back in at like a crucial point in the game. It was crazy. i got to find a video of this. I don't know, man. Lillard's a different animal. I just don't. I don't get it. He's He's got to be a top three-point guard in the league, even when everybody's healthy. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's he's explosive. You know, you saw him play the Celtics, and he lit him up. Oh, my God, these these shoes are so nice. Are you looking at the low-loaded sixes? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. $61? Six, 
That's a steal, right? Oh, the McDonald's ones are actually kind of fire. Yeah, no. I, I think that's a steal, especially because they're usually like 110, 140. Oh, yeah. I'm about to send you this shot. Look at this shit. The shot clock's running down. Look at the score. Look at everything. And that shot goes in for them. Insane. Hey, look at this shit. It, it was maybe the craziest shot I've seen in a long time. I just don't get it. Oh, I'd be so mad. Dude, I'd be I don't so get it. mad. I That's hate that shit. <laughs> when when the not- Celtics are in a game and like they get screwed by something like that, I get so pissed. There's nothing you can do about it though. It's just hey, it's just the way the ball goes, I guess. Or like or like someone makes a three that has no business making a three. Oh yeah. Like like if Rondo makes a three against him, you like it's like what what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. That was the craziest shot I've seen in a long, long time. But I might actually have to buy a couple pairs of these shoes. I like these That's shoes a lot. Saying. They're fresh. The ones I liked are I don't know if you see the um the title. It says like Dame on it, like in black and blue. And then it's kinda like got the orange tint to it. I don't know. All the shoes look fresh. I might have to cop a pair as well. They all just look super nice. There's so many. So many yeah. shoes. And they're all sixty one, which is like a yeah. steal for nice shoes. But yeah. Is there anything else you had in mind that you wanted to talk about the Celtics? Um, no, no. I mean, tomorrow's the last game at noon. Probably mm-hmm. going to be deep bench, and then Monday, Tuesday playoffs start. I think so. Yeah, we're gonna have lots. That's to really talk all about. we got. There'll be somewhat interesting to learn about tomorrow. Yeah, I think this will end up being a little bit of a shorter podcast, but I don't, I don't want to ramble on. Oh, we probably went for like an hour. Did forty five minutes ish, not yeah, bad. That's not bad. Not a bad thing. Uh, I don't want to ramble on for you guys. I think we covered a lot of the topics that I wanted to cover. Just so you guys know, the Celtics will be at their best if you guys didn't know when everyone's firing and they can find the hot hand, like we said two hundred times today. But <laughs> it's true. Like it really is. Um, playoffs start next week. It's super exciting. Next time we I'm have so an individual happy. podcast like this. Uh, we're going to know who the Celtics are playing. Uh, I think that's going to be Sunday. We'll have our NBA podcasts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Jack, you can plug your stuff, and then I'll get us out of here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Bannertown Jack on Twitter. Uh, keep up with my articles and everything, because I've been getting those out, Bannertown breakdowns, except for the game against Memphis, because like I said, I'm not going to give a breakdown if I didn't watch the game in detail. But moving forward, I should have one for you guys after every game. So, yeah, follow me there. Check, check out my articles. I'd appreciate it. And, yeah, Sam, all you. Yeah, okay, I'm Bannertown Sam now, no longer Parquet Press. Um, Celtics tip tomorrow at noon. Um, Thank you for listening. We'll be back Friday. Have a good day. Bye.